It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where uh, we answer your questions about the Bible, uh, your questions about God, about Jesus. Maybe you have a question about the Trinity or uh, a cult that you've heard of or another religion. Or maybe someone's approached you with kind of a weird teaching and you're not sure about it and you'd like to ask about it. Uh, we'd love to take your calls today. You can call us at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303 303- 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. This is Pastor Nate Morris hosting the program today from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley in Colorado and uh, would love to chat with you today. Also, if you have any prayer requests, if you need prayer for anything in your life uh, or you know someone that needs some prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can call 303-690-3000 or you can text us today at 720-336-0897. And just to, to start the program off today, I'd really like to take a second and pray for Uh, Houston and Texas and everything that's going on there. If you have not been watching the news, uh, the hurricane hit really hard there um, over the weekend and uh, many people have lost their homes. People that I know have lost their homes. Um, Water levels have risen. There's people that have lost their lives. It's, It's a really dangerous situation. Many people are being evacuated and getting rescued by boats there right now. And so we'd love to just lift up the people of Houston and uh, specifically even the Christians that are there in Houston, that that God would give them boldness to speak out in this time of need and to care for those who are in need uh, in their their pain and their their suffering and to share with them the love of Jesus. So let's come together and pray for Houston right now. Lord, we just lift up the people in and around Houston, Texas right now, Lord, um, just as this devastating hurricane has come in and just crazy amounts of rain, we pray that you would keep them safe. Uh, we pray that this would end quickly, Lord. We pray that those who are trapped or stuck right now or in danger would um, find refuge, would find um, uh, rescuers to come and deliver them. And so, Lord, we just we lift the whole situation up to you. We pray for the believers that are in and around Houston, Lord, that they would rise up and be your hands and feet during this time. Um, for those of us who, who live far away, Lord, maybe you would stir our hearts even now to be a part of the cleanup and the, 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 um, the efforts in the coming months, the next six months or so, of going and helping and serving and cleaning up after this incredible disaster, Lord. Um, we just ask you to, to work powerfully through this, Lord. And we know that you work all things together for good to those who love you, Lord. And so we just ask uh, for the good that you want to bring through this, Lord, that you would take this, this ugly, uh, hurtful, painful situation and bring beauty from it, Lord. And that's, we know that's what you do. That's what you, lo- that's what you love to do is to create beauty out of brokenness. And so we lift this up to you in Jesus' name and pray this together. Amen. All right, once again, you can call us at Calvary Live today at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Katie on line one. Katie, welcome to the program. 
Uh, hi. Yeah, um, actually, I was. What you just prayed about was what I was calling in about. <laughs> um, oh, I okay. Family. Yeah, I was like, wow, that was such a God thing. Um, that I have family there, and my my parents, um, their neighborhood is is being flooded right now. Like, um, and so it's. I might. I don't know. So maybe a prayer also. Then, since you just prayed about pretty much what I was calling about, um, maybe a prayer for my dad's heart. He's he's got a really hardened heart about um, all of this. I mean, he had a hardened heart before, but this is um, the situation now. Like with them possibly um, going to lose their home, um, he's like really angry about it, and um, so maybe that God would just soften, use this to soften his heart and. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's definitely, let's pray specifically for your family. I, I know, I mean, I did pray it just in general, but there's so many families that are impacted by this. So um, what yeah, are your parents' names? Lot. What are your parents' names? Oh, uh, sorry. Their name is, um, my dad's name is Robert and my mom's name is Holly. Okay. Let's, let's pray for them together. Okay. Thank you. Lord, we just come together and lift up Robert and Holly to you, Lord, just as they are in the midst of this uh, and their, their house is flooded and there's lots of things going on. And um, I pray that you would you would keep them safe. I pray that you would deliver them. I pray uh, ultimately, Lord, that you would use this for good in their lives, Lord, just as we know yeah. that that's what you want to do. I pray that you would uh, let this be something that softens their heart towards you rather than hardens it, Lord. Yeah. Let this be something that... that brings them um, to a place of leaning on you for everything, Lord, really trusting yes. and resting in you rather than um, getting angry at you, Lord. And that's really the choice that we have uh, yeah. when we face hardship in life, Lord, is whether we're going to get bitter about it or whether we're going to turn our hearts over to you. And so I pray that they would do that in the midst of this, Lord. And uh, ultimately, Lord, I just pray for, for miraculous provision for them. I pray that you would just... Yeah. Uh, that you would let their house be be savable, Lord. That you would that you would keep them safe, and um, that you would just move in this situation. So we pray this in yeah. Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Sure. No, thank you for your call. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have All a right, good day. Bye. God bless. Bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or God or your prayer requests as well. You can call us today at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the number to call is 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And, you know, uh, just talking with Katie just now on the line, um, just the, the reaction that we have to what happens in our lives is actually what we talked about at our church this last Sunday, um, that when we face trials, um, that, that we have a choice to make when, when we see those things come into our lives, when we see hardship, whether it's losing your home. We have a family member that lost their home to a catastrophic fire, uh, a, a wildfire um, many years ago, whether it's losing your home or whether it's uh, facing illness or health issues, the choice that we have before us is whether we're going to get bitter or we're going to get better. We can choose to, to be embittered by the things that we face, or we can choose to allow God to use those to cause us to lean on Him and trust and rest in Him and cling to Him who is our only hope. And so um, that's, that's really my prayer for the people of Houston right now 
uh, that, that they would be able to lean on God and find him just to be more than enough for them in this time and uh, such a, a heartbreaking situation. So once again, you can call us today at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. I'm going to take a quick look at the text line uh, and um, we will get back to the, the phones here in just a minute, but uh, take a quick look at the text line. Okay, and so uh, I have one text message that has come in and says, what are the, what's the difference between Christians and Catholics? What is the difference between Christians and Catholics? Okay, so uh, there's a few things that I need to clarify before I start talking about differences between groups of people that would claim to be Christians. Now, so with that, I would say that Catholics would claim to be Christians. Uh, and indeed, I do know many people that uh, are Catholics that have a very strong relationship with the Lord, that believe in grace through faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. Um, and then I know many Catholics that are culturally Catholic that do not actually have a, a relationship with God, and I wouldn't say have a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so I, when I say Catholics and I define, <clears throat> excuse me, when I define Catholics, uh, I want you to know I'm not defining individual people. Uh, salvation is not based off what church you go to. It is based on your relationship and faith in Jesus Christ. And so are there Catholics who are saved and Christians? Absolutely. Are there Catholics who are not? Absolutely. Are there people the Calvary Chapel that are saved followers of Jesus? Absolutely. And are there people who go to Calvary Chapel who are not? Yes, unfortunately, that's true. Um, now, the difference between the Catholic religion and uh, maybe uh, an evangelical Christianity, that's what I'll, how I'll describe it, evangelical Christianity, which is what I would put Calvary Chapel, uh, my church, into. It's what I would put Baptist churches into, um, maybe some Presbyterian churches, some Lutheran churches, uh, the evangelical realm of Christianity. The differences between Catholicism and evangelical Christianity, um, there are many theological differences and there's many practical differences. Some of the practical differences that you'll see are that Catholics um, practice a very ritualistic uh, liturgical service. And there are some evangelical um, groups that do as well. Um, but you'll often find that the service that you go to at a Catholic church is much different. The other thing about the Catholic church is there are certain things that they believe uh, on a whole that you must do in order to be saved. And the reality is that the Bible teaches that in order to be saved, there's one thing that you must do. And that is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. It, there, there's no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. It's believing in Jesus that results in salvation. It's our faith placed in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So some of the things that, that the Catholic Church adds to the cross are taking the sacraments that you have to take regular the, the regular sacrament of um, the Lord's Supper and that that's the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ and that's necessary for salvation. Um, they also claim that you have to be baptized in the church to be saved, um, into the Catholic Church to be saved. Now, of course, the Bible doesn't speak to either of these things as being necessary for salvation. Um, th there are many other things that they do that they bring to that point of being essential to be saved. And then really the bottom line is ultimately in the Catholic religion, um, and I'm not speaking about individual Catholics, but in the Catholic religion, most uh, people, according to the way that the official Catholic Church teaches it, 
it wouldn't know at the end of the day whether they're saved or not uh, and whether they would have to go to purgatory or not um, and that that's really the main difference between Catholicism as a religion and evangelical Christianity and that evangelical Christianity you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are saved, that if you died today, if you got hit by a bus, you would be with Jesus in heaven. You would not spend any time in any sort of purgatory or refining place, but that you are saved right now because of your faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross. That is the main difference between the religion of Catholicism and the relationship that you would see in evangelical Christianity. And so, um, as I said before, though, are there many Catholic uh, believers that are saved and have a saving faith of Jesus Christ? Yes, I, I have several friends that would call themselves Catholic that are uh, walking with the Lord and have that saving faith. So I uh, hope that clarifies that for you and kind of clear some of those things up. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley in Colorado. And uh, if you'd like to call in with a question today, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Christopher on line two. Christopher, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm Okay. What can we do so, for you today? Well, I guess my main reason for calling is a prayer request, but I, I guess you could also answer a question for me. And it's uh, related to my marriage. Um, my my wife, about, I guess, 10 months ago, had an affair. And um, my heart through the whole trial we've been going through has been for restoration. But that um, ended up not, not seeming to be the case, and, and my wife um, kind of, you know, threw a divorce paperwork at me and all that kind of stuff, um, which I signed. And we're now, I don't know, 40 days away from, from being divorced officially. Um, it sounds like the, the Lord's been working on her heart over the last few weeks. And, um, I was just in a, a really bad accident that's somewhat life-threatening, kind of just put a scare into my family and, and my wife's um, life. And through this accident and um, other other things that my wife's been experiencing, she she's now reconsidering uh, the divorce. Um, and she's, you know, she's been having some pretty serious talks with me and, and uh, you know, strongly reconsidering divorce. And, um, she kind of wants to put down some, some ground rules um, like if we were to stay together, she expects X, Y, and Z from me, and I expect X, Y, and Z from her. Um, kind of like some ground rules for for things that we really want to see done. You know, if we were to con- um, you know continue this marriage, and kind of just wondering, you know, first of all, of course, just to, I'd love some prayer just over over for wisdom through all this, and uh, but. I'm also just wondering if that's healthy to to go into you know a, a marriage you know with almost with expectations or, or rules set that you have to meet X, Y, and Z in order to, to keep the marriage together. Because I'm I'm just 
kind of going at this from a different perspective, and I just want I want the Lord to be the center of our marriage and the Lord to do the work. I feel like if, if we're both seeking the Lord individually and as a married couple, that everything else will fall into place, but she's going at it from a different perspective and, and wanting us to put a bunch of, of rules uh, in place. I was kind of just wondering what your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm so sorry that you've uh, had to go through that incredible hardship, and uh, I'm, I'm sure there's there's great heartache there and pain, and so um, I'm so sorry for that. And uh, I, I, you know, through counseling many couples through similar situations, I know that that is a really hard thing, and being in the divorce proceedings is a really hard thing. So, um, so just just so you know, I'll be praying for you as well with that. Um, and then as far as, you know, being in the spot seeking restoration, I think that that is, a, I think it's a great thing to seek restoration. And, you know, I, the, the Bible gives us some, some specifics as to when divorce is acceptable and when it's not. And one of the few instances that you see that it's acceptable to, to get a divorce is when there is um, sexual immorality in a marriage, when there is that breakdown um, where there's an affair, and so, so just just to clarify, in the overall situation, are you biblically permitted to have a divorce from your wife? Yes, you are. I mean, she she had an affair. God understands that. In fact, he he talks about the nation of Israel as being his wife in the Old Testament, and um, repeatedly Israel cheated on him, essentially with other gods and it's at one point he he actually it says that he issued a, a certificate of divorce against Israel and of course you know God redeemed Israel ultimately and all these things but but the reason that God gives that as a, a as an acceptable reason for divorce is because he knows the pain and the heartache that's associated with that marital infidelity um, that said um, do I believe that divorce is God's best in that circumstance? I don't believe that it is. I think that God, um, you know, even though he, he went through that with Israel, he ultimately redeemed Israel to himself. And, you know, we as individuals are, um, are, are like the nation of Israel. Jesus, while we were yet sinners, died for us and redeemed us. And so um, I, I think it's a it's something that God has given permission in that instance to seek divorce, but it's not necessarily His best. And if God gives you the the strength and the courage and the will to stick it out in that that situation, then then man, praise God, more power to you. That's awesome. Um, so as to whether that's what you should be doing in this situation. I can't really speak to that. I think that's between you and the Lord and maybe, you know, counseling with your pastor. But I will say for the, the, the specific situation that you asked about with uh, regard to the fact that she wants some specific kind of expectations and, and maybe rules in place, there, there's two things that I would say. Um, the first one I, I would ask just as as and a general question is this, is, is has she repented from the sexual immorality that took place. Yeah, you know, um, she, you know at, at first she, she did it. She kind of just told me about it and um, said, hey, I did this. You know, I'm sorry, or, you know, but she wasn't truly sorry. She, you know, it, repent means to you know, say you're sorry, but then to go the other direction. But she hadn't gone the other direction. And yeah. just recently the Lord's been working on her and, you know, 
just yesterday, I would say that she truly repented and, and truly was sorry. You know, I could see it in her tear-filled eyes that she, she truly was sorry, and she realizes the hurt that it's brought me. And um, so, I, yeah, I do. I do think she has truly repented um, very recently. Okay. Okay, good. That's 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 a great starting point because here's here's what I've seen in the past is sometimes there will be marital infidelity and the person doesn't really want to get a divorce, but they want to st- they want to stay together, but they're not really actually repentant over their actions and they kind of want to make their actions the other person's fault. So that that was kind of my first question. Is she repentant of her actions? And it sounds like she is, so that's good. And then Outside of that, the, the, the kind of the next question I would have is, you know, uh, expectations and having expectations are good, but are those expectations conditional in the sense that, well, if you don't meet my expectations, then the divorce is on? You know what I mean? Um, because you wouldn't get, as a believer, at least I would, I would expect and hope that you wouldn't walk into marriage like that saying, yeah. these are my expectations and if you fail them, I'm going to divorce you. Um, and in that sense, I would say that trying to keep that marriage together, walking into it with these expectations, it's something hanging over your head um, that, that I don't believe is a healthy thing. Now, that said, there are things that happened in your marriage on both sides that led to where you guys are at now. Now, her actions as far as the affair are concerned are entirely her own, but I'm sure that you guys had your share of problems before that. Um, and so there are things that are on both sides that led you to where you are. So there is work to be done. So I I think what I would say is, you know, letting your expectations be clear, but also understanding that people are people and we mess up and we're going to fail. And that if you're in for marriage, you're in for the marriage. You know what I mean? That's, that's really what it comes down to. Marriage is not, is not a, a contract to be agreed upon. And if one party breaks the contract, then it's done. That's not the way that God views it. It's a covenant. It's it's a binding together. And so um, if you guys are able to stick this out and make this work w- with what's gone on in the past, that is that is a testimony to the power of God. It's an amazing testimony. And I, I think it would be really powerful and awesome if that's able to happen. But I would be very careful about entering into that, just keeping that together under this certain set of rules or expectations. And so I guess what I would say is I would clarify that with her and just be like, you know, these are reasonable things and I I would agree with you that we should live up to these things and I want to be this person, but the marriage has to be more than based on these things. We have to be in, you know, we have to be in it to be in it. And, And when I mess up, which I'm going to, are you going to give me grace in that? Or are you going to hold it over my head and, and choose to divorce me at that time? Yeah. You know? And, and so I think that's, that, I think that's an important discussion to have. Now I'm not saying, don't take this as me saying that if she says no, my expectations, and this is what I will see happen. Otherwise we're going to continue with the divorce. I'm not saying that you should, should back off of that and say, okay, we'll just get a divorce. That, that, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I really think you should have this conversation about these things um, so that as you move forward, that it, it's clear and it's not something that's hanging over your heads, if that makes sense. Okay. And you know, here's, here's something that I would actually recommend, and I know this sounds kind of funny, but um, did you guys do any premarital counseling before you got married? We did. 
did, but it was it was very surfacey. It didn't didn't get into the, the depths that it needed to. Okay, and how long have you been married? Uh, about eight years. Eight years. Okay. Um. So. I know this sounds kind of funny, but there's a there's a premarital counseling book that talks about a lot about expectations that we bring to a relationship, and it talks about the marriage relationship and what it is and what it should be that I actually think would be good for you guys to do together. Okay. Um, and it's called Preparing for Marriage, and it's from Dennis Rainey. Uh, he's from you know Family Life, and yeah. um, right down there in Colorado Springs, actually. Um, but it's preparing for marriage by Dennis Rainey. It's the book that I actually use for couples that are engaged to be married. But uh, there's really some great stuff in there as far as expectations go and what it, what the commitment is that you're making when you're getting married. And so I think at this point it would be really good for you guys to go through that um, together. And as individuals, there's some individual worksheets and stuff in there to really be like, okay, this is where we're headed if this is what we're doing. Um, and I think it would be helpful for you. I also think it would be really good to get in for some um, some marriage counseling, either with your pastor or a trusted Christian counselor that you know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, do you mind if I pray for you before we go? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Okay. Lord, I just lift up Christopher to you, and just as uh, there's been a lot of, of hurt and hardship and pain in his marriage this year, Lord, um, I just pray that you would just bring just your peace into that situation. It sounds like you've been working on both of their hearts, Lord, and the fact that she's repented of her actions, and I know that there's lots of work to be done on both sides. Lord, I just praise you for where you've brought them now. I pray that you would bring them even closer together, Lord, that you'd bring incredible healing through um, the, the, the spirit in this couple, Lord, and that you would just work powerfully in them. Um, I look forward to hearing back maybe, you know, six months from now or a year from now, uh, a testimony from Christopher. Maybe you, you have him call back in and, and tell us just how you've worked in his life in the past six months, Lord. And so we just lift him up to you. I pray for he and his wife that they would both set their eyes and their hopes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. And you know, um, the guys in the studio also just sent me an, uh, another name for a good book. There's one called Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr. Um, I've seen that one around. I haven't personally read it, but Married and How to Stay That Way. So that's another one that you can check out there. Cool. Who is that by? Steve? Steve Carr. Okay. Yep. All okay. Right. Thank you very much. All right, Christopher. Well, you have a, uh, a great day. And um, and hopefully if you, if, you, if you guys make it through and you, you come to the other side, give me a call back and let us know how things are going. Will do. Awesome. All right. God bless. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live, the radio call-in show where you can call us with your questions about the Bible or God or relationships, uh, and we'd love to chat with you. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And we are coming up on the break, and so uh, now's a great time to call in because the lines are empty, and you'll get on right after the break here in just a second. So that number is 303-690-3000, or text 720-336-0897. And um, I'm going to take just a quick prayer request here. Um, 
John has texted in asking for prayer to help overcome anxiety in his life. So let's say a quick prayer together for John before we go to the break. Lord, we lift up John to you as he has texted in and asked for some prayer to just help with the anxiety that he's dealing with, Lord. And so there's there's two things that I that I pray for him. I pray first, Lord, that he would be able to cast his cares upon you, his anxiety upon you, that he'd be able to, as it says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present his request to you, and that your peace would overcome him. Lord, that your peace would take over in his life. And then if there are things going on that he needs to get addressed, whether that's medically or otherwise, that you would give him wisdom in that, Lord. And so we pray for John in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, stick around. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back. This is Calvary Live, and we've just gone on break. We've come back from the break now and would love to answer any of your questions about the Bible, uh, questions about God, uh, maybe any prayer requests that you have or questions that you have about religions or cults or uh, uh, an interesting teaching that someone shared with you that you're not sure if it's quite biblical or not. would love to talk with you about that. You can call us today at 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. And uh, just had a thought for the listeners today that might just have uh, the whole Hurricane Harvey in Houston on your hearts and minds today. Um, I know that Samaritan's Purse, which is Franklin Graham's organization, their their relief organization, is uh, going to be on the ground. They have people there now, but in the coming months, they're going to have people on the ground to serve with the cleanup effort after this. And you know, Samaritan's Purse is an amazing organization. Um, they have a, an amazing disaster relief crew that takes all, you know, they have volunteers that come from all over the United States when there's a disaster like this to serve people in the name of Jesus. And it's really just hands-on, getting your hands dirty and working and then loving people in Jesus' name. It's, it's really amazing. I've served with them um, in wildfire cleanup before and also in a flood cleanup in Lyons, Colorado. And so if you're interested in serving with Samaritan's Purse in the cleanup effort from Hurricane Harvey in Houston, you can go to samaritanspurse.org and right there on their homepage, they have a big link that you can click to, to sign up to help out with that. They don't have trips or anything like that organized quite yet because of course, right now they're still in the rest phase people are still being rescued from this hurricane but in the coming weeks and months they definitely will so go ahead and put your name on that sign up sheet on their website and they will get back to you soon with uh, information on that and how you can serve we're praying about sending a team from our church um, to go and serve there with Samaritan's Purse in the coming months. So uh, just a great resource for you there. Once again, if you'd like to call us today with a prayer request or a question, you can call 303-690-3000 or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Erica on line one. Erica, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Thank you for um, taking my call. Sure. I 
I have a, a, a heart for the gentleman who called uh, Christopher. Okay. Um, I completely um, understand a similar situation that I'm going through uh, with my marriage. Um, but my husband has on his way to um, divorce me with no biblical reason um, other than uh, there's uh, there's been, you know, some toxic um, behaviors. And I, my concern is um, James 5.19, which says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him uh, Mm -hmm. back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. My concern, I mean, not I don't know what the word is, so pardon me if I'm not using the correct language, um, is um, when, when do we not have false hope? I mean, how do we how do we figure out with the sermon? I'm I'm sure, but I don't want the divorce. Yeah, and um, I don't believe in it. And I believe that we're in God's will right now, but I think He's breaking us. Yeah, to be um, who He wants us to be. But the false hopes for me would be um, where how long it's going to be. How you know? There's not a lot of communication right now. Okay. So I have praying. I have been doing what I need to do. I have been open about it at church, and um, I have been guided by uh, my pastor, and um, and my husband's upset with my pastor, and and because he seeked him in a struggle that he had, mm-hmm. and it's apparently there hasn't been any help, and I'm a little, I I, I feel a little. Um, uneasy about certain things right now, and I'm, I'm high emotion, and I'm trying to just get them back to the facts, back to what the Lord says, and yeah. keep focus on Him. Yeah, yeah. So, so your question kind of is, when do you when do you give up hope on the restoration from the marriage? Is that kind of what you were correct? At? Yes. Yeah, uh, it's not over until it's over, you know, um, and. You know, Erica, I, uh, I've seen God do miraculous work in saving a marriage um, before, kind of at the last minute, you know, um, and God absolutely can do that. But the, the reality is that, um, that your husband has a will of his own and he has a choice to make of whether he's going to follow the Lord or follow his flesh. And, you know, as he's in the process of choosing that right now, uh, his current choice is following his flesh. And, you know, it's unfortunate for him and for you, the, the, the repercussions of that, you know. Um, but I would say it, it, until it's done, that it's not too late, you know, and just keep praying, keep praying for him, keep praying that the Lord would soften his heart and that he would work in that situation. Um, and then, you know, I, like if, if he ultimately goes through with it and it's done, I mean, at that point, it, it, it's, there's nothing you can do. He's made his decision and he has moved on and he's, he's walked away from what the Lord would have for him in, in, in this marriage. And, um, at, at that point, I believe that you're not bound, but, but right now it's not too, it's not too late. You know, it's never too late. 
and um, you know, I, I think that something that applies in situations like this is in First Corinthians seven, when Paul's talking about kind of being married to an unbeliever, and the reality is that if your husband is choosing this and he's acting like this, he's acting like a non-believer. I don't know yes. his his personal state. You know, I don't know if he's saved. I don't know if he's placed his trust in Jesus or if he's yes, yes. Yeah, you know, but at the moment he's not he's not living like a believer for sure. Correct. And so, um, you know, as far as you're concerned, I think you don't give up hope. You keep praying. You keep talking to him as much as you can. You keep sharing the word with him. Um, but ultimately, he's got to make that choice. And if he makes the choice to go through with it, that's the choice that he makes. And I think that that's ultimately that's when you know that it's that it's done. But I, I wouldn't give up hope until then. I mean, I saw a marriage uh, just this past year, a couple that I'd been counseling for a long time. Um, I saw that they finally decided they were going to get a divorce. They were a week away from the divorce. And one week out from the divorce, they decided that they were going to stick it out. And, um, and, you know, so God can do anything, but yeah. he's got to be willing you know, um, your husband's got to be willing to hear from the Lord and, and yield to him in that. And so I want to pray with you for that. And I would say, just don't give up hope. Um, and, and, you know, I just, just cling to the Lord in that and know that God can work miraculously in there and just pray that your husband would, would soften his heart to the Lord and, um, and, and just see some, some incredible work done there. Okay, so this is the last part that um, I'm concerned. I'm just trying to figure out step by step. You know, first first things first. Plan is, you know, yes, I pray for him, and I'm and I'm doing all that I can do. Yet, um, he's pretty much telling me, you know, we've got to start figuring out what we're going to do with everything. So I, I'm I'm going to the only um, place that I I really can find a support system, and that is home, which is not is out of state. So can you please pray for that as well? Because I don't have answers, so yeah. therefore other people are not going to have answers. And I just it's a little more you're a little more weaker with emotions at that time, and so I just need godly people around me yeah absolutely to get me absolutely yeah let's definitely pray for that let's pray right now lord i just lift up erica to you and just uh with the heartache that she's experiencing right now lord i pray that you would bring her comfort and peace in the midst of this help her just to know just just in her heart lord that you will never leave her you'll never forsake her and that um that you want to be her comfort and her peace through this hardship, Lord. And I just pray for her husband right now, Lord. I pray that you would soften his heart. I pray that you would help him to see, Lord, that he is choosing um, to walk away from what you have told him, Lord, very clearly in Scripture. Um, he's choosing his flesh. He's choosing himself over over your way in this, Lord. And so would you make that clear to him? Would you soften his heart? Would you convict him by your Holy Spirit? And Lord, I just pray ultimately for restoration in this situation. And I know there's lots of heartache going on in it. I know that that there's lots of pain and there's a long way to go back. 
but Lord, you can do it. You can do all things, Lord. And so we just, we lift it up to you and ask you for um, just a, a miraculous work in this relationship. Lord, I also pray for Erica as she goes and stays with family. Lord, I pray as as they want to bring her comfort, I'm sure. Um, I also know that, that their their primary concern is for her, Lord, and it's which is good. That's where it should be. Um, but it's not really for the marriage, Lord, I'm sure. And so I pray that in the midst of that, that you would surround her with godly wisdom and godly counsel. Um, help her just to, to be advised well by believers that love her and love you and would give her wisdom in this, Lord. And so um, I just pray all these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Take well, care. You, all right, you too. Thank you okay. for your call. Bye-bye. God bless. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live, and um, we would love to talk with you today. If you have a question or a prayer request, you can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Michael on line two. Michael, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm blessed of God, sir. And I Great. have a, a prayer request, and I have a question. Okay. I, I want to pray for this country, and for the government leaders, and, and those people who are supposed to be making decisions that are in the best interest of, of this country and mm-hmm. all the all the citizens of it, Lord, uh, Brother Pastor. But before I do that, uh, my question is this: I see things going on. You know, I see things going in such a crazy direction with protests, with anti-American groups protesting against the, us and our Constitution. And yeah. our flag, and, and I'm, it's just very disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. And and I and I and I and I and I want to. I consider myself to be a a good Christian. I consider myself to be a God fearing, God loving Christian. I want to do as right, whatever is right by God. Yeah. But I, I I'm concerned that things are going to go so far before the rapture happens that. There's going to be a line drawn where God-fearing Christians, those people who truly love the Lord, are going to be are going to have to look at what they're going to do when it gets to that line, because I I, I believe in standing up for the, the Constitution and supporting our flag and 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 and, and our and, and the United States and standing against these enemies of the of the country, whether it be domestic or international, mm-hmm. but. My question is this: Where is that line? Yeah, what's the, where's the line in terms of how far do you go standing up for what America stands for, or, or how far do you go? Um, maybe could you clarify that just a little bit for me? At what point do I have to look at? reconciling my Christian beliefs in the Word of God and who God truly is. He, mm-hmm. he and his son, 
Jesus Christ and, and his Holy Spirit, what the Word says, and standing up for this country, standing up for the flag and the Constitution of this country. Uh, what? Where is the line drawn at where I, you know, in other words, do I let somebody walk in and take over and not do anything? Or mm-hmm. where's the line drawn where I step up and count myself as an American citizen who cares and loves this country? Yeah. Well, I will say this. I will say that there is nothing wrong with, with loving the country that we live in. There's nothing wrong with being standing up for what the, this country stands for. But I will also say that we are primarily, we're not citizens of this country. In fact, it says that we're not of this world. Uh, our citizenship is in heaven. And so um, there's two sides, I think, when we kind of see situations like what we see. And it is concerning. You know, you look in the news and it's just, I mean, I would say that a good 10 years ago, the, the division that we see in our country today, I would have felt like didn't exist on this level. You know, 10 years ago, I would have said that. I would have said, yeah, that doesn't exist anymore, uh, at least on a grander scale, but it's rearing its ugly head very clearly again. And um, so with that, though, here's what I will say. I think I see a lot of people getting fearful about this, and I actually think it's exciting. And I know that sounds weird, okay? So just bear with me for a second. I think it's exciting because of a couple of things. One, it, it, it reminds me a lot of what I've, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but it reminds me a lot of what I have read about and seen happened in the 1960s uh, with the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s. Um, and the reason that I find that exciting is that in the 1960s, when the Cultural Revolution was taking place, it was very, very, very closely followed by the Jesus movement, um, the Jesus people movement, where you had thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of these people that were part of this cultural revolution crying out for change and crying out for, you know, all these different, I don't think that many of them even understood what they were upset about. They were just upset these people were finding Jesus as the solution to their problems and turning to Jesus. This is actually the, the, the movement that Calvary Chapel was born out of. Um, and that was a direct result of the Jesus people movement. Um, and so the, the idea of um, this, whole, this whole thing that we see right now, um, I, I, it is concerning but it's actually exciting to me because it says that people's hearts are stirred up. People's hearts are um, uh, unsettled and they think that the problem's with their country, but the reality is the problem's in themselves and that they need Jesus Christ. And so that brings me excitement. On the, on the flip side of things, it does also speak to this, the day that we're in, that the end times are coming soon. Jesus could come back any day now, and I pray that he does. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Um, but but that also is exciting to me. And, you know, um, some people get a little bit concerned when they think of end times and, you know, um, the rapture and the tribulation. But those those are, are good things in the sense that it's the sign that God is bringing, um, bringing restoration soon, you know. Um, so with that, I, I think that, you know, is it okay to stand up for what you believe in in our country, as far as our country is concerned? Absolutely. But here's what I would say would make the very biggest change. And I think this is a tactic of the enemy to deceive us. I think that Satan has deceived American Christians into thinking that the best thing we can do to change America 
is to stand up for America and to um, to legislate and to take back America by a political standpoint. I think that's a lie from the enemy. And the reason I think that is this, the biggest thing we can do to change America is to preach the gospel by, by, by leaps and bounds because those people aren't going to change by us passing laws. They're not going to change by us arguing with them. They're going to change by the spirit of God coming and dwelling in their heart and making them a new creation. Um, and I, I think that's really what we saw out of the, the, the revolution of the 1960s, the cultural revolution, was, was a, a spiritual awakening that took place. And so that really is my prayer right now. And, and for me, when I see this stuff, it, it gives me an urgency, not so much to stand up for the country and what the country stands for, but really an urgency to, to, to share the love of Jesus with people, to share the gospel. And I think that from my perspective, that's really where our focus should be as Christians is, man, the world's a mess. You know, We're, it's going downhill. It gives me all the much more urgency to, to, to preach the gospel to those that I come into contact with and share the love of Jesus, if that makes sense. Well, I, and I agree with you, Pastor. I see the rapture happening soon. I don't know how soon, but soon. And it, it's exciting that, that I'm, I'm living in the end times. And it, and yeah. And I believe, and I believe that, and I believe that God is the answer to dealing with our governments. With the with people like BLM and Antifa, and 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 all these other organizations that mm -hmm. I think that we are so corrupt, we'd all be dead. I think that I think I think that God is the answer, and I think that. Well, I guess the bottom line as pastor is that we need. I think in my heart, I believe we need to pray that the churches across this country. We'll stand. We'll start. We'll stand up and start praying for revival in this land, and we'll start mm -hmm. to pray against these these people that are coming against us, who want to take away our our our, our, our Christian rights and stuff, and who want to d take this country down because they don't like the way it's treated them or somebody else. So I think that this is what I this is what I see. And deep down, this is what I feel, because I really don't want to get to have to stand up and to defend this flag or this Constitution in a way that others see the need to. I'd rather see God just take deal with it and this, through the churches in this country. We need to pray for revival in this country, Pastor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree, and I think that really. I, I really think that is the key right there. You know, it says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. You've heard this before, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And of course, this is speaking about the nation of Israel, but this is speaking to God's people. And so this is, I mean, if we want to apply this to the church, this is speaking to the Christians. This isn't saying, hey, if all the non-believers would just decide to pray, then I would come and heal them. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if my people, so that's us. You know, I, I think I agree with you. It's, it's, we need to be praying for revival. We need to be praying for God to move powerfully in the Christians in the church to then see that gospel spread, um, into those who are hurting and those who are lost. Um, and really that's, that's, 
the, the things that we're seeing are symptoms of the fact that they don't have Jesus. And so um, that's my prayer as well. So um, I appreciate your call. Thank you for, for bringing that in. And uh, I, I want to just pray over that, that, that whole situation. So Lord, we just um, come before you and um, pray just for our nation right now, Lord, we do. We want to humble ourselves and pray uh, over the nation of the United States, Lord, and the things that are going on here. We pray that you would bring leadership uh, and that you would uh, have your hand over the leadership in our country, Lord. We pray that you would bring reconciliation uh, between the, 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 the races, Lord. We know that there's one race in you. There's neither Jew nor Greek, Gentile nor free. We, we, we belong to you if we're Christians, Lord. And so would you bring unity uh, in and through your body, the church, and would you spread the gospel? So we just thank you. We um, ask you to move in our country. We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've just got a few more minutes left, and so I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple calls here. Uh, I'm going to go to Arthur on line one. Arthur, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. appreciate it, Pastor. Sure. What can we do for you? My nephew that uh, was just diagnosed with cancer, he's been sick for a while now, and uh, mm. and his poor family has been through so much, and uh, and now uh, just diagnosed two days ago with uh, a cancer uh, his kidney. So uh, I just want everybody to pray for him and, and his family. Um, I, just, I just couldn't imagine uh, having to go through anything like that, um, you know, with Pastor Ed's son. And, and it's just that he's actually, um, his father's uh, studying to be a pastor. And so I, I just don't understand. And I think a lot of people don't understand um, why, why these things happen. And, and it's so easy to, at this point, to turn your back. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I just don't want that for him. I just want to pray for him and, and, and get as many people as we can to pray for him and pray for those that are going through similar situations, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, we just, we can't comprehend death. And part of the reason is, you know, death and even facing death. But you talked about Pastor Ed's son and you talked about that, that when we look at things like this, uh, the reason is that we weren't designed to be sick. And we weren't designed to die. And that, that's why death doesn't compute to us as, as people. And so when we think about death, it's a foreign concept to us. We can't comprehend how it could happen and why it would be allowed. Uh, and it's really just that result of the fall. But the cool thing is, is as we, uh, we know, you know, as believers, that, that ultimately, if we believe in Jesus, it's just death is just the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning of, of eternity. And so... Um, so, Especially uh, you for know, those that dedicate themselves to the Lord, it's like, you think that, um, you're immune to it almost like you're, uh, you know, exempt, uh, yeah. from these types of things, but it's actually the opposite. It seems, yeah. uh, it seems like bad things happen to good people and, and it's, um, it's, I just feel bad. And I couldn't imagine, um, there's just so many kids out there, so many people that, that are sick and ill and, and, um, um, just crying. You know, and and they just don't know where to cry to, and and uh, you know, God will give us strength. You know, I just yeah. don't want to pray for them, though. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that together. Let's come together right now. So, Lord, we just lift up this family to you, and just the the heartache of dealing with 
this sickness or the heartache of of facing potential death and the the situation around that lord and i just pray for your peace lord just the peace that passes understanding that we see in the scripture it's it's peace that we can't comprehend that's really what that verse is describing it's just peace that doesn't make any sense i pray that you would bring that in their hearts lord i pray that they would rest and trust in you lord we just pray for your hand powerfully in this family lord and so many things happen that we can't understand but we know that you know all things and that you love us more than we can understand and so i pray that you would just bring great grace and peace and hope in the midst of this situation lord and just show your love powerfully lord and so we we lift it up to you and pray that you'd be lifted high in it in jesus name amen amen thank you pastor god bless yeah thank you for your call All right, you've been listening to Calvary Live. We are basically at the end of the program, and so I want to take one quack, last quick look at a text question, see if we have anything super quick that we can cover here. Um, but want to just uh, thank you for listening in today. And um, here we go. Let's see, I've got one guy that has texted in. He said his name is David, and he feels like he's a lukewarm Christian, and he's on the path of the prodigal son, and he's asking for prayer. And so, David, I'm sure many people can identify with you. We only have just a minute, so I want to pray for you right now. Lord, we just lift up David to you as he is he's not feeling like he's walking the way that he wants to be, and he's going the prodigal route. Lord, I pray that you would just remind him that you have given him your Holy Spirit, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, you, God, the Holy Spirit, dwell inside of him. And so would he recognize that, would he live in that, and understand that you've already broken the chains that bind him, that you've already set him free, that he is a new creation in you, Jesus, and he no longer has to do the things that he used to do. So we lift him up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks so much for listening in today. Tune in tomorrow. Pastor Jeff Figgs will be hosting the program. Same time, same channel. This is Calvary Live, and we will... Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night. God bless. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.